This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger. And today I am delighted to finally welcome Mary Galloway, Mary fucking Galloway, to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. We don't talk enough about love stories on this podcast and the yearning, pain, self-discovery, lust, storms, and peace that come with them. I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's because we're just not making enough of those real, dramatic, evocative, provocative emotional love stories for the screen in Vancouver. And we should, because bearing witness to a love story like that can be healing, exciting, and fun. I can say that we have not spoken about a single locally produced Indigenous queer romantic screen project on the YVR Screen Scene podcast. And that's entirely because they are very, very rare. But thanks to Mary Galloway and the teams at Pass Through Productions and Bright Shadow Productions, we get to talk about one today. And what a one it is. That project is Querencia, and it is APTN Lumi's first original series. Querencia is a coming-of-age, two-spirit, LGBTQ plus web series that centers on the budding romance between two young Indigenous women. Abe, played by Mary, who is delightful and a bit of a hot mess, love her, and Dega, played by Caitlin Yacht. And I love Dega because she's like, she's kind of a dork, and I love it. <laughs> she <laughs> is. She's total dork. The series is a love story that follows two queer women from divergent backgrounds as they navigate and explore their complex indigiqueer identities and their differing cultural upbringings. I've screened the first four episodes, and it is everything. It's beautifully shot and scored. I mean, the music is sumptuous. The characters are flawed and adorable and adorkable, and they contain multitudes. It's sexy and it's devastating and it's funny. And I'm so excited for people to fall in love with this show. Querencia premieres this month on APTN Lumi. It was written and directed by Mary, who you know from her acting work in Never Steady, Never Still, and her shorts, Spirit Glitch and Unintentional Mother, and co-executive produced with a friend of the podcast, Jesse Anthony. And I am honored to have Mary on the pod today to talk about this very special series. Mary Galloway, welcome to the podcast! 
Sabrina, yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I love you so much. I love everything you do. I'm so happy to be here and excited. I'm such a Mary Galloway fan, and this series just is like exhibit A of why I'm a Mary Galloway <laughs> fan. Let's talk about love. Why this genre? You know, like, why don't we tell more love stories? Like, because, especially because they're so satisfying to watch. So why mm -hmm. did you want to work in this genre? Yeah, that's a great question. So basically what happened was I uh, had kind of a really kind of sinking down low moment in my career. I was um, at a loss. I, I got fired from a job. I was in a new city. I didn't know anyone. I I got broken up with, like, I was, like, heartbroken, Ugh. devastated. And my best friend, Amanda, said, well, why don't you take this time to just focus on something new, something that you're passionate about, write something that, like, is just sort of for you. And, and we I all need a be I have a best friend also <laughs> named Amanda. We all need a best friend like Amanda. <laughs> we do. We seriously do. And, and then I just sat down and thought, what, what, what do I want to see? What haven't I seen? What do I wish I had seen? Um, mm. What can I make that this world desperately needs? And Corencia was born. It was just, it just came out of me. Like it, it wasn't even really like, well thought out when I started writing. It was just like, in DigiQueer, I gotta do a like femme and DigiQueer love story. That's just what the the universe creator was guiding me towards and the story poured out of me. And like, I have so much more like story for them to tell too. It's just, yes. it, could, it could be never ending. <laughs> I want like 3000 episodes of this for sure. I wanna yes. watch them go through everything. And I will say like, I've only watched the first Four episodes. How many episodes is this first season? You've seen half, so there's eight. Half. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I cannot wait for the for the other half. Okay, so yes. you have mentioned though that we have not seen a lot of indigenous queer series at all. Um, yes. Does the fact that there that there have not been a lot of these stories told for the screen. You know, did that play in your mind at all? Like, did that, did that, like, what, what did that, what challenge did that present? Or like, what ideas did that put in your mind? You know, about the fact that, whoa, people don't really, they haven't really told this kind of story before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the first Indigi-Queer Femme-centered story I've ever heard of in Canada, in US. Like, I've never, I've been a part of an indigenous story before fire song adam garnett jones's uh feature film and that was centered around two boys like yeah. two young men um so this this is the first to my knowledge like i've been digging digging and i've been asking people like please tell me if i'm wrong but i think this is the first indigenous wow. female story um yeah so that's huge i mean i can imagine that's like exciting but also a little daunting as well going in. I mean, we've seen how successful, I mean, the audience hasn't seen, or maybe they have, because this, this episode drops after the premiere, you know, but like, I've seen how successful it is, but going into the project, like what kind of, mm -hmm. how did that play with your brain? <laughs> well, I mean, this is basically a lot of my real life 
like situations, friendships, um, worlds, like the LGBTQ2 plus world is my world. Um, the indigenous world is my world. So it, it really, to me, wasn't that like much of a challenge. It was just right. telling my story. Um, but what was a bit of a challenge, but Jesse and I were adamant about doing this was to have um, a majority LGBTQ and or BIPOC crew. Mm. And so we put out a like crew call and we weren't sure what we were going to get, you know, like the film industry is still very predominantly cis hetero white male mm -hmm. um, in every head department, maybe aside from like hair and makeup. Um, but so we put out a call and the applications just came pouring in and it was like so many people who who read our like short synopsis or logline and what we were requesting from the crew of Vancouver they just all showed up and it was like okay so there are these people that are in the industry and we gave a like a lead or head of department to so many people who just haven't been given that opportunity before mm -hmm. and like our key hairstylist she had never even been on a film set before and she knocked it out of the park yes she like, did all like yeah Abe's hair <laughs> Dega, like yeah they, she did so well and like everyone in every department just brought their a-game because it was a story that they were grateful and excited to be a part of yeah. and they wanted to like elevate it so really the like the scary part was like being like hey we need to do a diverse crew. Like it just has to be that way. Yeah. Like we can't, we have to have an inclusive crew. Um, Cause you know, like there's, there's some tough subject matter, especially at the like end of the series. And we want our actors to feel safe. We want it to be told authentically and we want to show the world that having diverse heads of departments and like in all every single area um pays off and i think it does in the end product like it we made this thing for very very little money and mm. it doesn't show i don't think it doesn't it looks like a million bucks although i want to see what you would do when you're given a million bucks you know as yes. well because it's really it is really beautiful but unsurprising knowing your work and also you know um you mentioned jesse it's jesse anthony from mm -hmm. brother i cry i mean mm -hmm. you know these are you know you're you are both very exciting resourceful uh, visionary <laughs> filmmakers i do before we talk a little bit more about um the experience of like juggling I just assumed that you were juggling, uh, directing and acting and writing and producing and there's all sorts of balls in the air. Let's talk a little bit about Caitlin as a scene partner. Um, yes. I, 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 it's hard to just, I mean, you can't even just like be like, oh, like that's the cool one and then that's the dorky one because both characters contain such multitudes. But like, I, <laughs> but like that was, I just... I'm rambling. I'm stammering out the words because I just, I love how we first meet Caitlin's character, how we meet Dega. I mean, she really like, you know, sets the tone for, for uh, the series just in her first, you know, like two minutes on screen. Um, what qualities were you looking for though in a screen partner and what, what special qualities did Caitlin bring to the role of Dega? Oh yeah. I love Caitlin. Sure. Her performance. So strong. Um, so, that role 
was the hardest role to cast mm. because I I put in the open call. This character um, is indigenous queer female, um, and it needs to be played by an indigenous queer female. Like there, there's a place and time for people to play the things that they are not. This is not that. Mm. Um, and the level of acting that it is required that we need a pro um she carries the show for like the whole season she she carries a lot of it so um so we put out the call for i think every single other character in the open call we were like all genders all races um for the queer characters we are hoping to cast actually queer people but other than that open we want to see everyone um and we got hundreds hundreds and hundreds of submissions except for dega we got like maybe 10 submissions for dega and this is the lead like and so it was it was we reached far we went canada wide uh and then when i saw caitlin's audition uh I was like, oh, God, she is Dega. <laughs> Relief. This project can happen. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Um, and what she brought to it was such an authenticity. And her, she's a theater performer. She comes mm. from a theater background. And I knew that cast, casting a theater actor, that I would be okay. <laughs> you know, mm. theater performers, they are on their game. They like, they express so freely and openly and like, like out there, like wide, you know, like their performance projects. Um, And it's, it's easy. It's way easier to take a theater performer and like get them to hone it in for the film or TV. Like, um, um, I was going to say, like world Mode, realm, but world, yeah. realm, yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, it's way easier to get a theater performer to like tune it in for hone it in for film and TV for film and TV. But it's so much harder to take a film and TV actor and get them to perform on stage and like yeah. project to the backseat. So I was like just so grateful that she showed up. And the funny thing is, is she was getting close to like quitting acting. She she was not like no. feeling good about it, and then she saw this audition come in and was like, "Well, shit, I guess I'll do one more audition." And then she booked it, and and then now she she just did an episode of um, Charmed, mm. on, like for TV. Like she, her career is now like getting going in film and TV, and she just saw the role. And was like, this, this is written for me. And it basically was. So, <laughs> I can't believe that it wasn't explicitly um, seeing it. Okay, let's talk about the juggling. Because <laughs> you do wear multiple hats on this project. Director, co-executive producer, writer, and Abe. One of the yes. stars. What was that like? That's my question. What was that like? <laughs> that was honestly a dream come true. I have always envisioned, since I started writing and directing, envisioned writing myself a role um, that I could kind of revel in and enjoy and then also hold the 
the power as the director to yeah. be able to control the finished product. Cause you know, like acting is my first love. It will always be my first love. Uh, but you're so powerless as an actor. As soon as you're done acting, you walk away and you have no control over the end product, over mm. what happens to it, where it goes, if it even gets finished. Um, and so being able to like show run my own web series and, um, be the creative brain behind it and sort of execute this vision that I've had um, so clearly in my brain. It it was so thrilling and like exhilarating. And like, I just felt like when I was on set, it, even if I was literally like rewriting something and getting my hair and makeup done and then getting asked about framing or lighting or something, like I just felt like I was, I was like on fire. Like I could just do like, do this, do that, do that, that, and like, go, go, go. And like, it felt so good. And like, I just want to do this forever and always. <laughs> no. Oh man. And I want you to do that. Okay. So what does Quirencia tell us about the projects you want to tell moving forward? <laughs> Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I would say Quirencia tells us that whatever projects I make, they will come from my heart. They uh, will definitely be inclusive um and daring i think that this this show is bold and um yeah i think just so merry i feel like <laughs> just so merry merry so merry how how do you want people to feel though when you know the end credits are rolling on the season finale of Quarencia? Mm -hmm. That's, that's another great question. Sometimes you know, I like so to good. have like one or two at least, at least. Yeah. <laughs> They're all good. Um, I, I would like people to feel like they are at home, you know, like they, mm. like this is for the BIPOC and LGBTQ world. I want those two um communities to feel like they belong to feel seen and heard um and that they matter and when you see yourself reflected in the media it is life-changing you know yeah. it, you there's so much going on in the world that is devastating and hard and difficult i want this to be something that people can turn to for comfort and mm. to be able to to cozy up and feel like they belong. They will, I mean, I haven't seen, you gotta send me the next four episodes, okay? Cause I need, <laughs> I need them in my brain. Um, but I, I am just, I, I, as I'm so invested in these characters already after these four episodes. So yes. I, I, can, I cannot wait for everybody else to be, to be uh, team Abe and Dega. Do you guys have a Swiss yes. name? <laughs> uh, we Abe don't. But <laughs> Kaylin came up with gay for Abe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so where can our listeners find the series? So as of June 1st, the entire series, no, sorry, June 2nd, it's like midnight, 12.01, okay. June 2nd, <laughs> um, the entire season one will be 
bingeable on APTN Lumi. It, you could watch it through the website or you can get the app. It's free for the first month. And then after that, I think it's like five bucks. And it's and worth it. It's worth so it. The worth app it. is so worth it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, uh, we had um, Brian, friends of the podcast, Jessica Matten and Brian Markinson. You can also watch their show Tribal on APTN Lumi as as well. And so, Mary, where can people, are you on the social media? Are you online at all? And if so, where can our listeners find you, follow you, celebrate you, just send you, send you love? Yes, please send me love at Miss M Galloway, M-I-S-S-M-G-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y on Instagram as well as Twitter. I'm not on Twitter that much though. Um, and then Querencia series on Instagram as well. So Q-U-E-R-E-N-C-I-A-S-E-R-I-E-S. Um, and, and there's also a Mary Galloway Facebook actor page, which if people want to come say hi to me on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They will want to miss M mm-hmm. Galloway. Thank you mm-hmm. so, so much. Uh, Thank you also to our listeners for joining us today. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review if you're so inclined. They help us find even more listeners that we can continue having these incredible conversations. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene. The YVRScreenScene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me. Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger Devilay, for the original music. Webair Screen Scene <laughs> is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! In the current COVID 19 environment, UBCP Actra the BC Performers Union in the film and TV industry, has been working closely with industry partners, formulating sensible and practical guidelines for all cast and crew to ensure working on set is manageable and safe for everyone. UBCP ACTRA has created a dedicated COVID-19 webpage at www.ubcpactra.ca where members can find mental health resources, financial assistance information, and back-to-work strategies and updates about the current status of film production in the province of British Columbia. UBCP ACTRA knows this has been an extraordinarily difficult time for many people, and we look forward to better days ahead. We will get through this together. Please visit www.ubcpactra.ca. A message from UBCP ACTRA.